Hello, you're listening to No Such Word Is Can't with me, Hazel McBride. I was always told growing up that there was no such word as can't, and I genuinely believe that that mentality instilled a belief in me that anything was possible if I just set my mind to it. As someone who started off with a seemingly impossible dream and somehow made it my reality, I want to help more people achieve their goals by giving them actionable advice, as well as sharing stories from others who have done the same. Today, I get to sit down and interview someone who is usually the one asking the questions. It's Liv Marks. Welcome to the podcast, Liv. Hello. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to sit down and chat with you. Um, But if anyone isn't familiar with who you are, could you just give yourself a very brief introduction? Mm. So I am an entertainment reporter. So I interview all the celebrities when they're promoting new films or artists, when they've got new music out. Um, So I do mostly junkets, but it's kind of a lot more. That's the glamorous side of the job. There's a lot of editing and newsy stuff and all of that kind of thing that goes on behind the scenes that people don't see, which is much less interesting. But I'd say (laughs) the interviewing is only quite a small part of the job, but it's the funnest part. I'm sure. And when you were younger, did you, because I believe you started off in journalism, correct? Mm. So Mm. did you always grow up with a passion for wanting to be a journalist? Yeah, I kind of always knew that I wanted to be a journalist. I'd say when I got to like sixth form at the end of school um, and I studied broadcast journalism, I went to the University of Leeds to do that. Um, And then I worked in local TV news. So I moved um, to a city in the UK called Birmingham, didn't know anyone, moved there on my own. And that kind of was the best thing I did after uni because it was such a small company. I had to really throw myself in there. So it was doing my own filming, doing my own editing, presenting whilst filming myself, literally everything you can think of driving around the whole of the West Midlands, finding my own interviews, speaking to everyone. So it really gave me the skill set to progress. So I stayed there for about a year and a half. And then um, I worked for ITN, uh, specifically for Channel 5 News. Um, And then I didn't realise that the job that I have right now, I didn't realise that those jobs even existed really. I didn't, I thought that, you know, it's only really celebrities that you kind of see like Mm. people like Ryan Seacrest who do those kind of jobs Mm. because celebrity news isn't a massive thing in the UK. Like we've got things like the Graham Norton show and those kind of things. So I didn't even know it was a possibility and I've always been a massive, massive fangirl. Um, So when this job came up, I couldn't believe it and obviously went um, for an interview and then got it. Um, But yeah, I was always my experience previously was always in news but I've just always had such an interest and an obsession with pop culture yeah I mean what what was it like when you moved to Birmingham for the first time you know because that's scary you know even though you're still Mm. in the same country you know okay I'm going away from family and friends and everything that I know and I'm in this new world this new industry and I have to figure it all out myself like what was that like Mm. I'd say well I moved because I was so determined to get to where I wanted to be which mm. I thought was in news mm-hmm. to become a reporter a news reporter which a sort of entertainment news reporter is it's the same but different yeah um, I actually think entertainment is harder in my experience with what I've done okay um but yeah it was kind of the best thing I did I mean 
one of I've made one of my best friends having moved to Birmingham I wouldn't know him if I didn't move there yeah Um, so yeah it was a really great time and also really fun time obviously it was a year after I'd um graduated from uni so it almost felt a bit like an extension of uni like everyone I was around was really young like very like-minded and yeah it was just it was great it felt like almost like an extension of uni with the hard work that went with it if that makes sense yeah did you feel like your university degree prepared you for what you went into or was there a lot of learning on the job still a lot of learning on the job but I I only have good words to say about the course that I did because it was 50% um, practical and 50% coursework. So there was a lot of going out, filming your own stuff um, and then being part of societies like lead student TV that also like gives you really good skill sets and preparation for going into TV broadcast journalism Mm. where now it's an industry where reporters are expected to be able to do everything they're expected Mm -hmm. to film their own stuff edit their own work because of resources yeah I can imagine also with um with staffing and stuff as well you know it's Mm -hmm. it's definitely easier to have one person who's a jack of all trades (laughs) exactly exactly yeah um did you have a favorite part of the the job like what what did you gravitate towards the most what when I is this what when I was starting out yeah. or the job that I have now um I, ju- I just love talking to people mm. I'm such a I'm such a talker um <laughs> like I thrive off conversations with people so that's what made me want to go into journalism in the first place mm. just sharing people's stories and talking to people um so I guess I guess that but also I re- I do I get I do enjoy editing as well, that side of it. I love having control over my own work. I'm a bit of a control freak in that sense. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine other people doing my own editing. Um, yeah. If it's, if it's me that's in the final piece. Yeah, because then obviously you, like, you don't know if they're going to cut out something mm-hmm. that you would want to keep in. Yeah, I have mm-hmm. real trust issues there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I'm shouldn't, the same. I shouldn't, but yeah. <laughs> control freaks control freaks unite um yeah so you know you moved up through that job you started your job at ITN what was was there a big difference between those two or was it relatively similar Mm. yeah massive difference um I'd gone from doing everything myself to then obviously going into going from local news into national news Mm -hmm. where I was just you know one person out of so many people um and I wasn't out out and about filming and um, doing the part of the job that I really liked. Um, I was kind of just stuck in the newsroom, um, setting up stories for reporters, handing them um, different stories and interviews, mm-hmm. telling them where to go each day, reacting to breaking news as well. So if a certain story had broke, I'd be there on the phones trying to find someone ASAP for them to speak to. Um, hacking PRs for press releases, all of that kind of thing. It was really, really demanding, really demanding and taught me a lot, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. Mm. It sounds pretty intense. Mm. It was like, you have to be on that phone, by that phone at all times. Um, And a lot of the shifts that I did, there's different shift work that you can do, but a lot of them that I did was seven to seven. And that's because... 
so I was based, I was freelance there, but in pretty much every day, most mm-hmm. of the people, a lot of the people that work there are freelancers. Um, so because of that, I was like, I need to take all the work that I can get. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it was demanding 12 hour, 12 hour days, a lot, a lot of the time. Yeah. And a lot of that work there was you primarily more so behind the scenes, kind mm. of preparing everyone else for like going on air and on reporting and stuff. And now you've kind of moved into where you're more at the forefront of it, would mm. you say? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is kind of what I always did. Um, as I say, like, I just love talking to people. Mm. Um, I get really bored if I'm stuck in or sat at an office, sat at a desk all day. Um, I love to be out and about and that's, that's the fun part for me. So you started your new job during the pandemic? No, I started before. Just um, before. When did I start? It, uh, 2019. Mm. So I had a year there, a full mm-hmm. year before the pandemic hit. Because I started in January 2019 and then obviously March 2020 was yeah. the the start. What was it like um, during all of that? Because obviously the world stopped. It's mad. I mean, I've adjusted so much. We all have to Zoom interviews yeah. now. Bad mm. start. I was like, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. This is really, really weird. Um, and it still kind of is. Um, I don't like doing Zoom interviews with celebrities. Mm. Um, I much prefer... I, I say that again. I like... I don't not like doing Zoom interviews. <laughs> if you had to um, choose. I listen, I'll take it. If I If I had to choose, obviously in person, because... You can't get that connection on Zoom, in a, mm. especially in a five-minute slot, which is what a lot yeah. of the time we're given. I can do a Zoom interview fine if I'm given at least 10 minutes. You can create more of a, build more of a relationship. You're only but given five just, minutes. Yeah, those are the, for most interviews, yeah. So it's easier in person to have a five-minute slot and create a connection with yeah. someone and get really good stuff. Whereas on Zoom, you're just another person in a box on a screen for them. So it gives them less reason to care. And I don't blame them for that. Yeah. It's so repetitive. Whereas in person, you're actually looking into someone's eyes. You're mm. able to shake someone's hand. It's so different. So I think Zoom of challenges um, with interviews. And then there's the whole interrupting thing as well, which does my head in because I can't bear silences in an interview. So I'll often, if someone pauses, a celebrity pauses, I'll go to talk and then we'll end up talking over each yeah. other, which it doesn't happen in person. It happens on mm-hmm. Zoom all the time. I've been doing Zoom interviews for what now? Two years? Yeah. It happens all the time. <laughs> I think it's harder to read someone, get exactly. like someone's body language. You know, you can really exactly. tell in person when someone's about to jump in. You know, I mm-hmm. even have it a lot with the podcast as well when I'm like trying to break up someone's conversation you just you just sound like you're interrupting and then you sound like you're either really rude or just not understanding what the person is saying it's so hard it is it really is so you have said that in more recent years you know you've been interviewing some of the biggest names in music and film at press junkets award shows etc what was it like when you did your first one Oh, I remember I was so nervous. (laughs) Um, But luckily, um, the girl who I worked with, uh, she doesn't work with me anymore, but she's a very, very close friend called Lucy. Um, She took me to a junket of hers 
um, before I went to do my own one so I could kind of see how they worked. And Mm. if she did not do that, I would have had a full-blown panic going on my own to see that whole setup because it's so intimidating if you don't know that world and how it works. So I was so grateful that she took me under her wing and showed me. Um, but my Can first you explain interview... a little bit what a press junket yeah. is? Because so even I don't know. Have you seen um, Notting Hill? Yes. The film? So do you know the scene where she sat outside um, and she's pretending to interview for Horse and Hound? Oh, So yes. that's sort of what it's like. So you've got your main room where all the journalists are sitting and waiting and then someone will go in and be like, oh, Olivia, you're next up. You'll go out mm. and then they sit you on a chair outside a room, outside a hotel room. But that room, if it's a TV junket, has been, there's no bed or anything in there. It's been mm. turned around for like what you see online and mm-hmm. on like YouTube on press junket interviews. So it's like, it's all done out like a film studio but not mm-hmm. um so then they call you in you walk in there's loads of cameras microphones lots of people in there like reps that are listening in um and it's basically like a conveyor belt of journalists one in one out in what typically five minute slots so they're sat there and then you just sit on your chair and they're like, right, if you want to go and then you have to do your thing, do the interview. You've got someone in the corner that's timing you as well. So they're lifting their hands up saying three, two, one. So you're having to think about your questions, then look at the corner because you've got someone telling you how long you've got left. So there's so much going on in that short space of time it sounds so overwhelming like I I, I, now I understand why it must have been so invaluable to have your friend Lucy take you to one first and be like hey this is what you're in for Mm, yeah um but my first one was with Kenneth Branner who is a lovely man um and I can't remember the Gilderoy Lockhart right um in case anyone uh doesn't know who Kenneth Branner is (laughs) Gilderoy Lockhart and Harry Potter yes yeah um, I'm not a Harry Potter fan. Don't tell anyone. <gasps> okay, I'm, I'm I'm ending this podcast right here, right now. It's gone. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it was for a film called about Shakespeare. I can't remember the name. Hmm. Um, but he loves he loves he loves Shakespeare. Does Kenneth? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it went. I remember it went it went well. Like oh, it was good. It was fine. It wasn't too scary. Um, but yeah, you'll always remember the first the mm-hmm. first one. So whenever anyone says his name, I haven't actually interviewed him since. Um, I was saying, oh, Kenneth Branagh, he was the first first person I interviewed. Yeah, I can. You know, do you ever have instances of imposter syndrome when you do all the time, mm-hmm. all the time? I don't think I've ever done an interview and not walked out and thought, I wish I said that. Why didn't I say that? Mm-hmm. It happens all the time um and I don't know if that's because I care so much because I'm a perfectionist and constantly striving to be better um but you know it means it's a good thing I care um otherwise there's no point in doing the job if your heart isn't in it and if you don't care um but I have it all the time I really really struggle with it actually do you how do you prepare for the interviews um, so I go, I'll go to a screening, uh, and as I'm in the screening, watching the film or the series, I will be just like writing down things, um, and then I'll write up my questions after. Um, sometimes I'll watch other people's interviews, but I actually don't like doing that. Um, 
in case I don't know it gives me an idea or that I shouldn't unless they've said something or like I don't want to judge the person mm. um, from like an interview that they've done for that same junket um or it can confuse my questions when I should really I'm always like go with your gut yeah um, so I try not to but sometimes I will dependent on the person um yeah and then I kind of write up my questions um so it's, it's not it's not a long process the preparation process to be honest I mean you clearly are very good at what you do and also keep trusting your gut because it's working <laughs> you know oh, you have this you. we spoke about this before we started recording but you have this uncanny ability to ask some really thought-provoking questions which honestly impresses me even more now knowing that you only have five minutes <laughs> you know being able to get and I think that must also help as well because God, the poor celebrities, if they're doing this over and over again, every five minutes, you know, for me, someone who's not in the industry, like I thought maybe every 20 minutes or something like that, they would have a new journalist, but my goodness, that makes it even harder. So mm. do you set out to try and ask them like a different question or something they haven't heard before? Yeah, definitely. I think as well, what's the point in having this opportunity with this amazing person if you're just going to get the same content as everyone mm. else um so I'll always try and get stuff that no one else is getting and really interest things that I genuinely want to know the answers to as well mm. uh, as a fan myself like yeah. I very much want to make content for fans because mm -hmm. those are the people that are watching it at the end of the day yeah do you, I was just going to ask, do you think that it helps that you're a fan? But yeah, it must. Yeah, it does. And I think it's really helpful, especially in, in my industry, to know what people are talking about at mm. that specific time. Like what what are the trends? What are people obsessed mm -hmm. with? Um, it helps so much. Yeah, I remember, I cannot remember what it was you asked, but I think the first video of yours I saw, I think you were interviewing Emma Thompson for her new movie and it was her reaction to the question and she was really like that was a fantastic question oh, she's amazing I actually interviewed her yesterday and I've oh, just wow. put a new interview with her now for Matilda the musical she's oh, the yeah. best oh she's playing Mrs Trunchbull right she's unbelievable yeah. as well unbelievable she's just one of the best I love her <laughs> and it's so nice as well when you get someone like that who you admire so much and they yeah. are genuinely so lovely and so mm. warm in person. I mean, after that interview I did with her, that was actually an interview where I had about 15 minutes. It wasn't actually in a normal junket setup. So I had a bit longer, which was nice. Yeah. And I brought someone in my team that is like our video guy. Um, so like after the interview, she came over, gave me a massive hug um, and was like, that was a great interview. Thank you so much. It was really, really lovely. Um, yeah. Sadly, I don't think she, I don't think she remembered me yesterday. <laughs> well, she sees so many people. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll let her off. I'll let her off. Yeah, but it must be so nice to have that external validation from someone that you've admired for so many years. Oh my gosh! And I'm very much a person. Speak, speaking of imposter syndrome before, that needs validation. Yeah. I mean, as I was walking out of the junkie yesterday, someone said, "Oh, Emma really enjoyed talking to you um, earlier," and she was really happy when you told her that um, you tell people that she's one of the nicest people you've spoken to. And I was like, "Oh, that makes me really happy." I just want, yeah. I just want them to enjoy the chat. Yeah. Um, because they're doing so many of these. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't want to be another person that feels like that makes them feel like, oh, why am I doing this mm. over and over again, answering the same questions? Mm-hmm. Is there any particular question that you tend to gravitate towards or that you reuse? Mm. I love asking like different character questions. If it's someone that's had an iconic, incredible career that's played very loved characters, yeah, because I think it's always nice getting them to talk about them and bring them up because that's what the fans love and that's what they're kind of famous for um I love questions about fan encounters um mm. I think I don't know it always really tickles me um so I kind of gravitate to those questions a lot um and I really like questions about like their rise to fame um and like auditions that have gone wrong and things like that oh those are uh, good ones yeah I find it really really interesting yeah um and then I'm just in I'm just fascinated by fame and like how people cope with it um mm. so anything like that I always love to ask about those kind of things if I'm able to like find a link yeah that's also it you know trying to make it sound a little bit natural yeah. instead of instead of just being like here's question eight like here are random questions yeah. that I want to ask like <laughs> yeah. yeah that's always the struggle sometimes I'll go and watch something and be like oh my gosh how am I going to think of questions for this yeah um, but it does happen. Like, I, luckily, yeah. I, I mean, I was watching something not long ago, and I was like, I can't think of anything to ask. Well, like, it must be difficult. I, I, if oh it's my not... God, I've got too many. <laughs> yeah, it must be difficult if it's something that you're not. I don't want to say not super interested in, but like if it's a TV show or a film or something that's not really your cup of tea. Yeah, or if it's something really serious as well. Um, it's sometimes hard because I always like to bring not for interviews to be silly but you know for them to be more light-hearted yeah. um because serious isn't really my thing <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah have you had I'm sure everyone asks you this question but have you had a favorite celebrity that you've interviewed apart from Emma mm. Thompson Emma Thompson is up there she's <laughs> definitely top five um Olivia Coleman is without <sighs> doubt my favorite she's just uh amazing mm-hmm. she's the best person ever and an incredible actress fantastic um, and hilarious just, oh my god so funny hilarious her I loved um Sandra Bullock as well mm-hmm. lovely amazing super funny ridiculously <laughs> funny um who else do I love and Ariana DeBose big fan mm. of her I'm yeah. a big fan of musicals so I just loved West Side Story adore adore musicals yeah and all women all women yeah and which for the men I have to say I I, Timothy Chalamet is lovely and so is Austin Butler they're probably two of my favorites as well yeah talking about women what is it like being a woman in your industry do you know what there are so many women that do this job and I'm friends with all of the other reporters lots of them and it's so nice we always kind of like have a social when we go to junkets and stuff um but yeah it's great seeing so many women because you don't tend to see that all the time yeah um I think it's really really nice yeah and it's interesting I love I love talking to other women yeah I don't know I just find it's it's so much easier to vibe I don't know a lot of the time I think as well you know I'm very much a woman's woman though mm I don't want to get too much into like gender roles, et cetera, but I do feel like a female interviewer 
will maybe have a different take on the film or on what's important to her to ask rather than what a man might you know so I think it's I think it's nice to have more of a balance between female and male interviewers to get a better idea of you know what the movie is about or what the tv is about tv show is about etc no 100% yeah I agree with that definitely yeah so for you where do you see yourself going from here because your career is on the rise and I said to you before you came on I was like I'm getting her on the podcast (laughs) before she becomes the the next Jimmy Kimmel or the next Graham Norton oh I mean that is the dream one can (laughs) dream um yeah I mean I just love doing what I'm doing now um the dream I guess is just to keep building on it and Mm. keep going to for more people to be able to watch my interviews and obviously the dream would be my own talk show yeah um but one can dream one can dream (laughs) if anyone wants to find your videos or where to watch them where can they do that everything will be in the description but um yeah so follow me on tiktok um my username is olivia lily marks and also on twitter the same handle and instagram i post a lot of my interviews on there and then they will go up on youtube as well so yeah yeah, you can find me on socials and if anyone is listening who perhaps would like to do something similar to what you're doing what advice would you give them I think now because of social media there are so many opportunities to get your own content out there so what I tell people is just make make content whatever that is that could be you talking about an entertainment story it could be anything post it on TikTok build a platform for yourself show that you're really interested in those things and kind of create a niche for yourself Mm. Um, and you don't need to interview celebrities you can interview people on the street just show an interest in what it is that you want to do and that will really impress future employers yeah I think no one's gonna bring your dreams to you you have to exactly uh, go out and get them that is true (laughs) well Liv thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and chat with me today your words have been incredible and I wish you all of the best with the future of your career oh thank you so much thanks for having me Thank you guys so much for listening. If you have enjoyed this week's episode, then please don't forget to like, rate and subscribe and I will check you guys next week.